So thank God for that. If you'll bear with me, my voice uh, is under the influence of a cold. And uh, 16 hours on a flight from Hong Kong uh, just about did me in. But uh, I'm making my way back, so thank God. Uh, Let's turn to the Word of God, shall we? Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, would you help us understand the hour we live in and the provisions you have made for your body to be powerful and glorious in this hour. May we take this challenge on to be the brightest light this world has ever known for the sake of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm concluding my series on what's trending and present truth. Um, And we're putting this into a, a CD set and they're in the back, they're available today if you want them. And uh, this is part three, and what we've been looking at is what's trending in the world and God's present truth to respond to the trends that are happening throughout world governments and societies. And I've given you examples week after week as to how God ministers and has a word that is a present truth for what is trending. It's not a new revelation. We don't have anything new that needs to be revealed but it is a highlighted word and a strategy that has already been revealed in his word that God puts power dunamis to so that we have an effective witness for that day and age. And in this, uh, when we looked at what was trending, I shared with you out of Matthew chapter 24, three things that we see trending in the world today. One is deception, number two is devastation, and the third one that we're going to cover today is depravity. So when we looked at deception, we realized that there is a deception going on as to the identity of who man is, what does it mean to be human. These deceptions are going to come with false anointings and false prophets. But the response to deception is not to have fear, but to have what? Faith. And so we know that in this hour, men's hearts are going to fail them because there are going to be deceptions that have going beyond what man could ever even fathom and even imagine such deceptions that it would even deceive possibly the very elect. But that's not going to happen because of our faith. Amen? Number two, devastation. We're going to see devastation in the physical realm of nature and in the realm of war, man against man. And when there's going to be such devastation, there have been volcanoes, there have been hurricanes, there's been all sorts of natural disasters. We are not immune from them. If God pours out the rain on the just and unjust, so does calamity come upon the just and unjust. And so we will experience that too, but then there will be greater, because of deceptions, greater devastation of wars and and news of wars coming forth. And the answer to that from the church is what? Hope. Hope. We're a people of hope. And that we know that beyond this life is eternal life. To die is gain. To live is Christ. We are okay with whatever is going to happen. We will continue to be a light. So today we're going to take a look at the third aspect and finish this. And that is depravity. And the remedy for depravity is the love of Jesus Christ. And that is a proper love that is demonstrated. So let me take you to this third lesson We'll go to Matthew 24 if you turn in your Bibles there, and we're going to get to the Word of God so that we can get fired up and ready for what's trending in our world. So when we look at depravity, we're turning to Matthew 24, and we're looking at chapters uh, 24, verses 9 to 14, all right? 
I have it on the screen. If you don't have your Bible, I prefer you turn to your Bible so that you can have it and mark it and read it for yourself. Let me read it for you. Reading out of the English Standard Translation. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved or delivered. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. This sounds pretty rough, doesn't it? I mean, but that's what our expectation in the world is going to be. Jesus didn't pull any punches. He said, they're going to hate you. And he summarizes it by saying that you will be hated by four nations. No, seven nations. All nations. All people are going to get to a point where they're sick and tired of you Christians. Why? Because you speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're opposed to that gospel. And so all nations will hate you for my name's sake. A Christianity that is true to the name of Jesus. Not a Christianity that's been reformed, recalibrated, reshaped, and softened, but a, a, a gospel that speaks to the glory of the name of Jesus. Are you preaching a gospel that honors the name of Jesus? I have to ask you that. Are you? We're promoting Jesus. We're not promoting a denomination. We're not promoting a religious sect. We're not promoting anything else but what Christ did. Christ crucified, risen, and ascended. Amen? And that's offensive to people. Why would that be offensive? Because Christ came to die for our sins. And when you identify sin, you offend people. And we're calling people sinners. And yes, we are all sinners. I find it interesting that people are offended and they call it hate speech if we call a particular activity sin. It's not hate speech. It's reality. But the nations will come against that. Now, what we see here is there's going to be betrayals. People will begin hating each other. There will be lawlessness. And the love will grow cold. Now that tells us the downward spiral of morality in the world today. It's moving towards total depravity. Man is depraved in his nature and now unleashed without the restraint of the grace of God and the church being in the earth, it's going to increase. Well, the church is here and what's going to happen is we're going to be fighting against the depravity of man. And so it is essential that we continue to preach the gospel Because look at what the outcome is going to be according to this. And this, (coughs) excuse me, and this gospel of the kingdom will be, what will it be? Proclaimed through how, how far? Oh good, come on, join with me, you're doing good. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed where? Throughout the whole world as a testimony to whom? Okay, so the church is going to be proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is contrary to the depravity of man. 
The depravity of man focuses on himself, on coldness, on self-promotion, but this gospel is going to be continually preached to the whole world, to all nations. That's why all nations are going to hate us. You can see the power of these last days of what's trending. There are forces coming against the church. The church has to wake up and preach the gospel. Amen? And the word of prophecy that Jesus says is, this church is going to be powerful. This church is not going to relent. This church is going to preach the gospel to all nations. Then the end will come. Once we've done the job. Amen? Now Paul talks about this kind of day and age in the last days in 2 Timothy. I think you're familiar. Familiar with this verse. Every now and then I'll have to stop to cough my lungs out and then I'll proceed, okay? But understand this, Paul says in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money. They will be proud. They will be arrogant. They will be abusive. They will be disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. I couldn't. I met that lady last week. (laughs) I was blown away by this lady, and I couldn't believe the level of rudeness and meanness. Um, I was standing in line to pay a bill, and, and she was slicing and dicing a woman in front of her, and she wouldn't stop. It was so bizarre. I, I thought, should I step in? Should I say something? And I realized it would only add fuel to the flame. And she scared me. <laughs> I just... <laughs> There's a level of uh, depravity that is coming forward because the restraints of morality and common decency have lowered to such a level now that you're going to see this. Now, what Paul does, let's dissect this verse. He says, first of all, that they're going to be lovers of self. So the difference between the church and the lost is we're not lovers of self. Who are we lovers of? Jesus. We're lovers of God. We're lovers of the Lord Jesus. He must increase. We must what? Decrease. In fact, you crucified yourself when you came into Christ Jesus. Your self is no longer interested You have no self-interest. We now have God interest. But the world will be self. They'll be lovers of self. So everything has to form around a love for themselves. And we've got to realize that. Amen? Now, he said they will love, it will manifest through a love of money and a love of pleasure. So, we gain money so that we can have pleasure because we love ourselves. Now, there's nothing wrong with money in and of itself if used properly, correct? Money is, is um, uh, what's, uh, neutral, uh, but it's how you use it by 
your motivation. Pleasure is good. God gave us pleasure. But again, how do we use pleasure? And so he says they're going to first love self, and then they're going to love money and pleasure. And this is how this will manifest through these things. They'll be proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents. Isn't that interesting? Why would that be on the list? Disobedient to parents. Because that's the first place. We got cough drops after cough. I got a pocket full of cough drops. Oh, batteries. What's this for? Okay. I appreciate it. Okay, cool. Uh, because uh, uh, learning how to obey your parents is the first, the first step of learning submission. It's the first step of learning authority in your life. And when children don't know how to obey their parents, they're not going to obey the police, they're not going to obey authority, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And anarchy comes and lawlessness. So it begins in the family. Heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. This is our media. This is what entertains people, right? This is the comedy. This is the drama. This is what it means. Now, and he says this, it's all going to have a form of godliness. This is what's going to be weird is that all of this activity and attitude will have a form of what is right. It is right for you to consider yourself above everyone else. It is right for you to have an opinion and to share it whenever you want and however you want. But don't let anybody judge you. So there's a form of godliness in this thing, but they deny the dunamos, In other words, the power that makes us godly. Who is the power that makes us godly? The Holy Spirit dwelling in us. He sanctifies and gives us the power of godliness. So what's going to happen, folks, is this uh, depravity is going to be elevated to something that is honorable and something that is good. But it denies the only way we can reach it, and that is through the blood atonement of Jesus Christ by the indwelling Holy Spirit. And so that's why you are an offense to those who are trying to esteem themselves. Why are you judging me? Why are you uh, putting your religious thoughts on me? Now, Paul has a recommendation. (laughs) Avoid such people. All right, now, we still have to witness to these folks, don't we? Because they're a lot like you were. We were all this, all of us. You heard the prophecy this morning. This is who we were. And so the reason we avoid is we don't want to go back into that. Some of you need to give up some friendships and relationships because you are straddling the fence with your flesh and not moving into the godliness with power because you're still playing the game. But you need to move forward in godliness. And what's going to happen is if you won't, they will. They'll cause you to separate because there's coming a time where it's not going to be tolerated. Now, so it has to move forward. And so what happens ultimately is what Isaiah 5 says. Woe unto them that call evil good 
and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Does that seem like what's trending right now? Don't you find it interesting that moral debauchery is actually normalized? And you're the ones who are barbaric? You people are so archaic, believing these old mythologies and these old judgments and opinions. You haters, you people are such haters of others. Why do you hate people? Well, I don't hate people, but you call them sinners. Yeah, because we love. Because if you'll continue on this path, it's going to bring destruction for your life. And so what has been called evil by the word of God has now been called good. And we who know what is good have been called evil. And so all nations will no longer want to tolerate you and your nonsense. And you will be marginalized. But remember what Jesus said. That this gospel will be preached to all nations. It will not stop. Amen? Are you with me to go to all nations? Are you with me to go all the way to the end with this gospel of Jesus Christ? That was an an opportunity for you to respond. Thank you. We need to do that. So Christians, you're a joke. And, and, And it's a real problem. Now, if your Christianity is based on will I be accepted by the general population, then you're in trouble. You will not. There's one in whose acceptance we want, and one that we want to be faithful to and true. And who is that? The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I want to be faithful to him. I will be mocked. I will be ridiculed. But I will love the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here is the hard part, that you don't slip into your flesh and begin to respond to the people who are ridiculing you with ridicule. We don't mock back. We don't hate back. I don't hate anybody because I'm pointing out what is sin. Uh, If I point out to someone a sickness and a disease, I'm trying to give them a remedy. They may not like that, but I have to keep doing that in the love of Christ Jesus. Amen? And that's what we're going to pursue Many will reject, but how many of you know there will be those who come to Jesus Christ? How do I know? Look around you. We all did. Amen? Amen. Amen. We will. We will. Now, uh, I could give you a list, uh, and I began to do this, and I decided not to, but there's been a paradigm shift in morality. The depravity, I could give you a list of percentages of how far our society has fallen into depravity sexual sins, immorality, its effects on this. And and man, that gets really depressing. And I think you're already aware of it. So I'm not going to drive that point home. In fact, what I'm going to drive home is the remedy. The remedy is this. In Matthew 24, Jesus says that lawlessness will increase and the love of many will grow cold. People won't know how to love. Have you noticed that? People don't know how to love. People don't know what love is. If self is your primary motivation, then you're not going to be very good at loving others. How many of you know that? Because love means dying to self and promoting another. That's the definition of love. 
is to committing to another's well-being. Consider others more highly than yourself. So that's a complete contradiction. For a society that is elevating self, they don't know how to love. Who is going to model this love for them? We are. You're on the runway. Make it work. But the one who endures to the end will be saved, and the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony. So this gospel has got to become a testimony. The gospel's got to become your testimony. What is a testimony? Anybody know? It's a story. It's a story. That's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's your story. Now, I didn't plan on on having Jody say that at the end of this thing, and I didn't plan for a prophecy to come forth and tell us that. But he did. And what Jesus is telling us today, that the power of this gospel is your story. That's what's going to change the people around you. That it is alive in you. It's more than taking them to the Bible and saying, this is what the Bible says. But it's living what the Bible says on display for others. And all of you do this. You all have a testimony. And that's what's going to reach the nations. One story after another. I love what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? You cannot be a sinner and inherit the kingdom of God. What are the sins? Sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, men who practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers. None of them will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, he's categorizing a lot of different sins there. People get offended that we would call these things sin. And unfortunately, the church has relegated some to be a little more acceptable than others. I'm afraid that that's wrong. We may stand and say homosexuality is a sin while we look the other way to so much immorality sexually going on in the church. That's wrong. Just plain wrong. And it's a contradiction. This is all sin. And we've got to deal with it. But I love what he says. He lists it here. And then he says this. And such were some of you. (laughs) That's us. We are no different than the lost other than we've been found. Amen? We have a testimony. It's not about how much Bible knowledge I have. It's about who I know, who has washed me. He said, we've been washed, we've been sanctified and justified in the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of the Lord. That's every one of us. You've been washed, you've been justified, you've been sanctified. Those are theological terms. I hope you understand what they mean. What does it mean to be washed? I hope you did that this morning. Turn to your neighbor and sniff. No, I'm just kidding. What does it mean to be washed? Cleansed. 
cleansed. And there's one thing that remedies our sin and shame and guilt. Washed in the blood. We say that. People go, blood? Ooh, washed in the blood. Yeah, Jesus who was pure died for us. We've been washed. Our identity as a sinner has been washed away. Aren't you thankful to God for that? i got to tell somebody, there is a cleansing fountain. There is a washing for everybody if you'll come. I, I may have been an idolater. I may have been greedy. I may be sexually immoral. I may have been all those things. But now I've been washed. That's all of our testimonies. We've got to remember, church, that's our testimony. That's us. We're, it's not us versus them. It's us inviting them. There is no verses. They want to keep us away, but we're going to be seeking after them with love. And we're going to be bringing this love after them. They're going to get so sick of us. All nations are going to hate us, but we're going to go to all nations. And then we're justified. You know what the word justified? It's a legal term. It means that all your debt has been satisfied and paid. You are now just before a holy God. You owe no debt. You'll not be judged. God has forgiven you. And you are now justified before God. That means I can approach God on behalf of these folks who are lost. And I say, Father, pour out your spirit upon them. I claim their lives for salvation. Lord, I want to reach them. And then last of all, he says, we've been sanctified. That means set apart. That means we no longer live in the world. Why would I live? Why would I get washed and go back into the muck and mire of sin? And so I've been sanctified, set apart, and the process of this sanctification washes me, cleanses me, and continues to cause me to live in a greater measure with Jesus Christ. That's our story. We're the church. And that's why we love This gospel is going to go forth with great power. And the power is going to be love. Because love is going to be at an all-time deficit in this world. But there will be a strange warming fire among the church of Jesus Christ. And people will turn to it. And people will begin to see the love of God demonstrated between all of us. Amen? Because we have the three things that are going to come as a present truth against the trending reality. The trending reality of deception and devastation and depravity. The church is going to stand with faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. These three things will remain till Christ returns. Faith, hope, and love. And they are all secured in the people of God. That's the present truth that God has as a reality for this planet and for this earth. Amen? Amen? And so that's what God wants us to do. That's what God wants to give. And I want to give you an example of this morning as I close of how what is trending and show you the beauty and the design of the church and how faith, hope, and love are taking over a present truth to what's trending in reality. I was in China last week. I had the opportunity to visit our uh, friends and works that we have in Beijing and in Hong Kong. And I learned of what God's doing in Korea. 
And uh, Ron and I had the privilege on the last night we were there to stay to bunk in a room with some pastors from South Korea. Now, Korea is an interesting place. In 1950, uh, the North Koreans invaded South Korea, and a few days later, uh, Truman ordered troops there. My dad was called back into the army, the Marines, to be uh, fight uh, part of the Marines in Korea. It was called a police action, and, and it uh, helped stay the North Korean advance into South Korea. And what happened is that in 1900, only 1% of Korea's population was Christian. 1%. But now in 2000, well, as 2010, 3 in 10 South Koreans are Christian. 30% of the population is now Christian. There's been an explosion in South Korea of Christianity. I've been to churches Korean churches in Pakistan, in China, in Russia, I've seen them. And there's one thing very unique in Korean churches. Uh, Above the altar in the ceiling, wherever the pastor preaches, above the altar, they have a portion cut out and painted blue with clouds. And it's like, and I've seen it in in every one of these Korean churches. And it's, why do you have the ceiling painted like a sky. It's because to Korean Christians, they believe that through their forceful prayer lives, they're known for prayer warriors, they believe they punched a hole in the heavenlies to reach the throne of God. So that such an outpouring has come upon South Korea that it has increased from 1% to 30% of the population. Christianity is flooding South Korea. Prosperity is coming. They've made so many different automobiles and cars now, and it's advancing, and it's been tremendous. Now, one of the biggest Pentecostal churches is from South Korea, and uh, 480,000 members in that church. You know that North Korea, Kim Jong-un, is the leader there. And he is opposed vehemently to Christianity and religion. And so what's trending is that there's this opposition to Christianity in North Korea, but the power of the present truth of Christianity growing in South Korea. So I loved this. (laughs) They showed me what they did because you cannot get into North Korea to preach the gospel. This is a piece of plastic, and on it, in Korean, is the book of Romans. They fill these with helium and release them from South Korea to fly into North Korea. Is that genius? I love it. Genius. They'll find a way. The love of God is going to find a way where men will put border patrols and put... You can't stop the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. Now, they, they tried having Teflon balloons, but the problem was the helium wouldn't escape, <laughs> so they kept floating. 
on and on and on and on. So they, they finally developed this plastic to where the helium would eventually escape and these balloons would land in North Korea. Some of the testimonies are that there was a little boy. I heard this testimony twice when I was there. There was a little boy that found this on the side of the road. He brought it home to his mother. And his mother took a look at it, began reading it, and said, put that away, put that away. And she hid it for fear of the government. The boy wanted to know, what is it, Mom? She said, it's something we cannot read. Put it away. And when she went over to her mother-in-law who lived next door, she showed it to her. And her mother-in-law looked at it and began weeping. And she said, he has not forgotten me. And she began to read it to her grandson. That's awesome. So there is a trending going on right now in the church that is in tune with the Holy Spirit and in touch with what is trending in the present truth is this. The Korean church believes that in fact any week now, any month now, North Korea is going to fall. It is so unstable in its government and so unsure in its political situation. They believe that it's beginning to fall And they're praying for that. And when Korea prays, you watch. Now what is amazing about this is the Korean church has already got 12-pronged approach on how to go into North Korea with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They've already formed the committees. They've already formed the ministries. And they are the present truth that's going to come into what's trending to know the times, and to discern what to do. How about us? Are you looking at your neighbors and your friends? Are you beginning to see what's trending in their hearts and in their lives? And do you have a plan on how to bring the gospel to them? How to? It's your testimony. I close with this, Revelation 12, 11. It says they have conquered, they have overcome the devil. How? By a three-pronged attack. Number one, the blood of the Lamb. Right? Revelation 12, 11. Write it down. Memorize this. They have overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb. Secondly, the word of their testimony. Many people stop at that. But there is a third application. They love not their lives even unto death. And so the way that we are to prepare for what is coming in this world is number one, the blood of the Lamb has justified us, cleansed us, sanctified us, and it has become now our testimony. We carry it. And then we live it with such a love that we no longer concern ourselves about our own lives. But we will give our all for Jesus Christ. That's the present reality a present truth to what is trending in your neighbor's life, in your family's life, and anywhere else. People, we need to be a church on fire with a present reality of God's love, faith, and hope in our lives. Are you with me? Stand with me and let's pray for that.